Good morning. Welcome back to the Bonafide Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cottrell. This is the only podcast devoted entirely to NCAA Division II men's basketball. Let's take a look at what happened around the country, starting off with some news and notes. First and foremost, down south, the Sunshine State Conference President's Council decided to postpone the start of basketball season until February 15th, 2021. This decision means that the Sunshine State men's basketball programs will not participate in the 2021 Division II Men's Basketball Championships. This is a difficult announcement for all of the 11 programs competing in the Sunshine State Conference. So many good teams we're looking forward to seeing uh, this season at the very top of NCAA Division II Men's Basketball, Florida Southern, Embry-Riddle, Nova Southeastern, among others. So our thoughts go out to the men's basketball players and student-athletes uh, in the Sunshine State Conference. Unfortunate that uh, they can't start right away. And even if they do start, they may not and will not be able to compete in the NCAA Division II National Tournament. Similarly, in the Great Northwest Athletic Conference, the University of Alaska Fairbanks has opted out of this men's basketball season. Unfortunate news for the Nanooks. Again, our thoughts uh, go out to all of these student athletes who are unable to compete this season. The opt-outs will have an impact on the NCAA tournament. We don't know exactly what this is, and taking this unique season into account, uh, we did get an important announcement from the NCAA at the very beginning of this week. On Monday, the NCAA Division II Administrative Committee approved a recommendation to reduce bracket and field sizes for the 2021 Division II Winter Championships. The men's basketball NCAA tournament field will be reduced by 25% this season from 64 teams to 48. According to Sandra Jordan, Chancellor at South Carolina Aiken and Chair of the Division II President's Council, these reductions are one-year changes made during a pandemic in order to secure the long-term future of the division. That is a direct quote. This is unfortunate, but it sounds, uh, as I read the article, you know, it was done with the end in mind and the future of NCAA Division II sports in mind. We have to assume this is the best case scenario. And for one year, like we've talked about with commissioners and coaches, we just have to ride it out and prolong Division II sports, getting to the future uh, safely, responsibly, and getting through this year uh, doing the best we can for our student-athletes. So I am eager to hear about the NCAA Division II uh, selection committees, their criteria, how that will change throughout the course of the season um, for the NCAA Division II men's tournament. Home games, road games, conference and non-conference games, regional games, strength of schedule. How does, how does uh, all of that factor in in such an unusual and irregular season? I'm interested to see what the NCAA decides and what the selection process looks like. That announcement should be made public, and it will be made public. Uh, As soon as we have more details, we will get that out to our listeners. Considering postseason play and rankings, the MIAA revealed that considering the COVID-19 disruptions throughout this season, uh, there will be a weighted formula applied to the standings each week. In the MIAA, that weighted formula includes a 80% of the team's winning percentage and 20% 
of the team's total number of games played. And another element to the formula requires an MIAA team to compete in at least 11 games to be eligible to qualify for the MIAA Basketball Championship and to claim a regular season championship. The MIAA will not use winning percentage as has been tradition because of irregularities in number of games played. So the criteria in the MIAA awaited formula, uh, including 80% of a team's winning percentage and 20% of a team's total number of games played. Interesting formula from the MIAA, very similar down south. The Lone Star Conference, who opened play this week, announced they will use a point rating system for men's basketball standings, taking into consideration schedule adjustments from COVID-19. The point rating system replaces winning percentage, like the MIAA, uh, the Lone Star Conference's basketball standings, divisional standings, and conference tournament seeding will be determined by this point rating system. Uh, Point system assigns a numerical value to gain results depending on the site and strength of opponent. Teams will earn more points for a win on the road or home against top competition based on conference winning percentage and receive fewer points for a win against lesser opposition. Points will be dispersed for losses, but more points will be awarded for a loss against stronger opponents. The team ratings will be determined weekly by taking the total points divided by league games played with the opponent's winning percentage updated throughout the year. The first point rating system will be released by the Lone Star Conference. That ranking will be released in mid-January and then throughout the season every week. So the Lone Star Conference really upping the ante in terms of uh, the point ranking system and how we see uh, their conference standings aligned for a postseason berth. The Northern Sun Conference has announced adjustments to their schedule. They are removing doubleheader games and moving to single gender game sites. Uh, So typically in Division II basketball, we see the men's and women's team play back-to-back on the same day. This adjustment now moves doubleheader games to single gender game sites, which means we'll have men's teams playing uh, opposite women's teams at different sites. So uh, that is similar to what we've seen across the country with men's and team, men's and women's teams playing at opposite sites. Good news in the NCAA Division II men's basketball world, we get a return to play announcement this week. In the Atlantic region, the Mountain East Conference announced uh, their plans for competition in winter sports beginning no sooner than January 7th, 2021. The MEC will begin the winter sports season with no spectators. Men's basketball season scheduled to begin January 7th and conclude February 27th. They will play a 16-game schedule. Conference Carolinas announced their preseason poll earlier this week. Emmanuel College in Georgia, who already has a win over Division I Stetson, picked up the number one preseason ranking in the coaches' poll, followed by number two Southern Wesleyan, also with a Division I win under their belt against USC Upstate. Number three, Lees McRae. Number four, Belmont Abbey. And tied for fifth, Barton College and Mount Olive. Uh, The 2021 Conference Carolinas men's basketball schedule will begin Wednesday, January 13th, 2021. 
With good news, let's look around the country and continue getting some good news with some of the best performances from the week. Starting out west, Colorado Mesa won a double overtime thriller over Chadron State in overtime. Mesa placed four players in double figures led by Ethan Menzies with 22 points and eight rebounds. Colorado Mesa is now 4-0 in the RMAC with wins this week over Black Hill State and Chadron State College. Also at the top of the RMAC conference, Number eight team in the country, Colorado School of the Mines, who sits at 3-0 after two convincing wins this week, defeating Regis and the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs. The top two teams of the RMAC are scheduled to face off in late January. Fingers crossed we get a game between Colorado Mesa and Colorado School of the Mines. That would be a lot of fun to see. Moving further from the West, Making our way to the Midwest portion of the country, the loaded MIAA, so the number 17 team in the country, Washburn, continue its hot streak with a win over Roger State. Washburn was led by a very steady backcourt with Tyler Guyman, Drew Mayshoff, and Jalen Lewis. Lewis had 25 points on Saturday to lead the Ichabods. I love the combination of Guyman and Mayshoff. They have a great chemistry with one another. They make so many plays for themselves, for others. They get in the paint and they know where their teammates are. They drive, they jump stop, they leave the ground off two feet knowing where the ball's going. Johnny Clossing on the inside is a force. You know, he opens up the floor for those guards to attack with his presence. He scores with his back to the basket. He rebounds it really well. I really like Washburn and their balance inside and out. Missouri Western in the MIAA moved to 4-0 with a win on Tuesday night over Northeastern State. Missouri Western has six players right now averaging double figures so far this season. And I watched them on Synergy this week. They can score the ball flat out. Glover, Eames, Bennett can all shoot it. Tyrell Carroll can create separation. He creates his own shot. You know, Carroll is one of those guys, he, he doesn't necessarily pass the eye test, but man, when he when he gets going, he is like a microwave. He heats up really quick, can score the ball in bunches. Guard Q Mays is a jet. He's super aggressive, always in attack mode. I really like Washburn. I really like Missouri Western in the MIAA. Staying in the middle of the country, the Lone Star Conference opened their season this weekend with back-to-back games for all teams Friday and Saturday. We saw number 15 in the country, St. Edwards University, get two wins over Texas A&M International. Saturday's victory came in overtime, 81-78, with a big game from Daniel Benzant, 21 points, 7 assists. Logan Cook had a double-double, 12 points and 13 rebounds. B.J. Maxwell kicked in 20 points. Ryan Garza had 13 points, and Jake Krefka contributed 10 points for the Hilltoppers, who didn't have a great shooting night, but they, they get the win, and they're now 2-0 in the season. You know, the sign of really good programs, really good coaches, and, and programs that are consistently at the top, uh, the ability to win kind of ugly. And St. Edwards certainly did that on Saturday. In the Midwest, the Great Lakes Valley Conference saw victories from number 18 in the country, Truman State, defeating Lindenwood on Saturday behind two double-doubles. Dylan Peters had 21 points, 11 rebounds. He was joined by Cade McKnight, 13 points and 10 rebounds. Truman State shot 53% from the field and held Lindenwood to 35% shooting on the afternoon. I really like Dylan Peters. Athletic, slashing, kind of in-between wing forward, versatile player. He really impacts the game. And he hasn't even attempted a three-pointer, yet he is averaging a double-double. 
13 points per game, 11 rebounds per game so far this year. Truman has really nice balance with their freshman guard, Mason Miller. My God, he can really shoot it. He has a quick release. He moves really well without the ball, comes off screens ready to shoot. He relocates, always ready to shoot. As a team, Truman State appears to be always ready to shoot. They are 49% from beyond the three-point line. Southern Indiana in the GLBC got 18 points from Jelani Simmons and a double-double from Josh Price, 14 points, 10 rebounds to defeat McKendry. And also in the GLBC, UMSL, University of Missouri-St. Louis, had five players in double figures to defeat Rockhurst over the weekend. Those victories for UMSL and Southern Indiana keep them uh, on pace in the GLVC standings, both sitting at two and one. In the Peach Belt Conference, number 23 in the nation, Augusta State scored a big regional victory when they defeated Emmanuel College, Georgia. In the backcourt, Miguel Arnold had 25 points. Darren Lucas White came in with 18 points. And on the inside, Tayshawn Crawford finished with 23 points, 7 rebounds. He is a big dude. Crawford is really good on the interior for Augusta State. Soft hands, he catches everything. His footwork is great. He does a nice job of sealing his defender, changing his angles, finishing at the rim. He does a nice job, I think. You know, he sees a lot of doubles. He sees a lot of fronts, uh, a lot of digs. And when Crawford catches it, you know, if he's in the paint, he scores that thing quick. If Crawford catches it outside the paint, he does a nice job of surveying and playing with poise to evaluate what happens defensively and, uh, and what play to make. So I really like Crawford on the interior for Augusta State. That's a nice combination with Miguel Arnold and Darren Lucas White playing consistently in the backcourt. So I like the way Augusta State is playing after seeing them last week. They're getting better as they go. Shout out in the Peach Bell Conference to Lander head men's basketball coach Omar Watad earning his first career victory against USC Aiken over the week. Congrats, my man. Really happy for you. Continue doing great stuff at Lander. Further south, the Gulf South Conference opened their season this weekend. Number 16 in the country, Valdosta State, got a close win over West Georgia with 26 points from Amoris AG. Also sitting atop the Gulf South Conference standings, Union University, West Florida, and Montevallo. Finally, as we wrap up this week's recap, Wingate University now 4-2 in the South Atlantic Conference, and they have won four straight after defeating Mars Hill this weekend. Francis Seal was outstanding for Wingate. 29 points on 11 of 20 from the field with four assists and three rebounds. Seal has put together quite a stretch for the Bulldogs over the last four wins. He is averaging 19 points per game and shooting 50% from the field. Also in the sack, Lenore Ron got their first win of the year in their first game of the year. 22 points and seven rebounds from lefty RJ Gunn. I really like the lefty swing player, long athletic. He can defend, he rebounds, he can play in the post. He plays off the pick and pop. He can short roll and drive it. I really like some of the things that he did. He, he got hot at the end of the first half and carried it over into the second half. As I said, finishing with 22 points. So RJ Gunn, guy to watch from Lenore Ryan in the South Atlantic Conference. LR had five players in double figures when they defeated Catawba over the weekend. The Bonafide Basketball Podcast, Game of the Week, featured number two in the country, Lincoln Memorial University, hosting the number 11 ranked team in the country, Alabama Huntsville. 
This was Huntsville's opening game of the season, and Lincoln Memorial was coming off a 14-day-plus pause after a string of positive COVID tests. So really interesting matchup to see both teams take the floor on a game that was scheduled, I think. Uh, we put it on Twitter. I think this game was scheduled on uh, Thursday or Friday. So really exciting for both programs to be able to pull this off, especially this early in the year, having two top 25 programs play. Lincoln Memorial pulled away in the second half for a 93-68 victory. LMU was led by a big night from forward Jordan Guest. Double-double, 22 points, 15 rebounds in 25 minutes. I like this kid. You know, I watch him play. He can really stretch the floor. He scored early in the game with his back to the basket. He impacts both ends as a rim protector and also as a rebounder. Uh, I thought he caused a lot of matchup problems early for Huntsville in the post. Lincoln had him posting up. Got him off some rolls, got him inside early uh, with his back to the basket. And then in the second half, Huntsville showed a little zone and he stepped out, top of the key, hit back-to-back threes uh, to extend LMU's lead in the second half to 20 points. I really, really like uh, Jordan Guest. I think he can be a guy that we'll see grow uh, in Lincoln Memorial system. Preseason All-American Devin Whitfield had a really quiet 25 points and his preseason All-American uh, counterpart Cameron Henry had 18 points for the rail splitters. Senior Alex Dolling kicked in 13. I like the rail splitters right now in two areas. Watching this game first, you know, it didn't look like they had, you know, two plus weeks off. Uh, they really spaced the floor. Their guys move really well, and they all can make perimeter shots. But when called upon, you know, guest. And off the bench, uh, Xavier Bledson can post back to the basket. Shirts has the rail splitters playing, you know, in a variety of ways offensively. They can play big, they can play small against man, against zone. We saw that today uh, against or yesterday against Alabama Huntsville. Defensively, I think Lincoln Memorial up there with Mercyhurst, who we will talk about in a moment. I think Lincoln Memorial is one of the best teams I've watched uh, right now defensively, especially at defending the ball handler. They level off drivers, and they almost always stay out of rotations, and it makes them really, really hard to score against. For Alabama Huntsville, they are definitely a work in progress, and I, I, I like this. Cole Schumann has them running really good stuff. They have five guys who can all who can all move. Uh, he's got a talented group, and I think they're going to get better as they go. In their first game, they shot 8 of 28 from the three-point line. I thought they got good looks really early in the game. I thought they got some really good looks, and I thought their good looks continued. They just didn't go down. Uh, I think those shots will fall as they play more and as they shoot more. They got 41 points off their bench, so Coach Schulman has to be happy with that. Depth for the Chargers, definitely a bright spot, including redshirt freshman forward Nathan Moore. He came in, had 20 points for the Chargers. He was super aggressive. He's a driver. He got to the rim. He got to the free throw line. He can score it at all three levels. He also had three assists. Sam Orff, guard at 14 points, four rebounds. He can shoot it. He can handle it. He gets the ball ready to shoot off screens. I really liked Sam Orff and what he did. And I think, you know, Alabama Huntsville, like we were saying, Tonight, that was their fact-finding mission. You know, uh, they were they were out and they were trying to figure out uh, rotations, figure out how to play with one another. So I like watching UAH play. I think they did some good things offensively. Uh, lots of handoff, lots of ball screens. The floor will open up as guys make shots and their forwards will get better as the year goes on. So uh, unfortunately, Huntsville, I think, caught Lincoln Memorial uh, after uh, two plus weeks off. They were ready to, ready to play, eager to play. 
Uh, Lincoln Memorial has now won 35 straight games dating back to last season's opening game loss against West Texas A&M. The Bonafide Basketball Podcast Player of the Week, Nathan Burns, forward from number 24 in the country, University of Findlay. Oilers, who went 2-0 this week with convincing wins over Tiffin and Ohio Valley. In those games, Nate Burns had two double-doubles. Friday night versus Tiffin, Burns came out with a red-hot 22 points and 10 rebounds of 10 of 16 shooting from the field in 29 minutes. Then Sunday, Burns has 13 points and 10 rebounds in just 20 minutes against Ohio Valley. Good wins for Findlay, who was picked to win the great Midwest Athletic Conference. They now sit at 3-0 in the standings. Bonafide Basketball Podcast Team of the Week. For the first edition of this Team of the Week, we have co-teams of the week, Mercyhurst and Fort Hayes State University. Mercyhurst hosted the number 12 team in the country, Ferris State, in back-to-back non-league matchups Saturday, Sunday. Mercyhurst can flat-out defend. They caused havoc in the half court. They took away Ferris State passing lanes, driving lanes, and put a ton of pressure on the ball handler. Mercyhurst got back-to-back wins against another number 12 team in the country, 78-41 on Saturday. Sunday, they win 87-57. Really good wins for Mercyhurst to start out their season. Congrats to them. Out of the MIAA, Fort Hayes State. Down a head coach, down their associate head coach, 0-2, down a few players. They travel to Division I Power 5 Big 12 member Kansas State, and they get their first win of the year. Fort Hayes made 10 threes, shot 55% for the game, and beat the Wildcats in their home floor 81-68. I watched that game the next day on Synergy, and Fort Hayes put Kansas State in a blender. They had the Wildcats in rotations. They drove the ball and moved it. I thought they moved the ball great. I loved their point guard. Uh, So really good win for Fort Hayes State on the road at Kansas State. They parlay that momentum to an overtime win against Newman, 81-75, an MIAA play this weekend. Congrats to Fort Hayes State. Keep it rolling. What a great story. What a great week for Mercyhurst and Fort Hayes State. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonafide Basketball Podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and download this episode and future episodes of the Bonafide Basketball Pod. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. The Bonafide Basketball Podcast is the basketball content you are not getting on ESPN.